Baptist Catechism number 26. It asks, what offices does Christ execute as our Redeemer? And the answer given is that Christ, as our Redeemer, executes the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his state of humiliation and exaltation. I'll read now from Psalm 2. Psalm 2 does draw our attention especially to the office of king. Psalm 2, hear now the reading of God's holy word. Why do the nations rage and plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and His anointed. Uh, That title anointed uh, should remind us of, of the Messiah or the Christ. Saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord holds them in derision. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. This is now the reading of God's most holy word. May He add His blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. This psalm is a truly marvelous psalm. Here, of course, David is reflecting upon the plan of salvation. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is giving us insight into the Lord's plan for the redemption of all the peoples of the earth. The Lord has an anointed one. The Lord has a son. Uh, This son will be enthroned and will rule and reign forever and ever and will judge all the nations of the earth. Who is this son except Jesus uh, the Messiah? This is a messianic psalm pointing forward uh, to the arrival of the Messiah. Christ Jesus is his name. And so here we see very clearly that the Messiah, uh, though it was a great mystery as to what exactly he would be like prior to his arrival, he would be a great king. Uh, This psalm draws this to our attention. Our catechism question for today, what offices does Christ execute as our Redeemer, is one of my favorites. I I think um, I was not exposed to this idea of the offices of Christ until relatively late in my my Christian life. Um, I had never heard this teaching before, and I think it must have been through uh, our confession and through our catechism, maybe through some more general exposure to the Reformed tradition, that I began to be aware of this idea that Christ, Jesus Christ the Messiah, uh, fulfilled certain offices. And when I first heard that, I thought, this is marvelous. It, It really made my understanding of Jesus Christ and what it was that He did for us and what He does for us now, it, 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 made, it, it made it kind of pop. You know, it, it just brought so much more richness to my understanding of Christ. I hope the same is true for you. Uh, the answer that is given here is that Christ as our Redeemer executes the offices of, and then three are mentioned. When, when we talk about 
an office. What do we mean? We're not talking about a building here, of course. Um, you know, I have an office. Uh, it, we're talking about a position. Yes, that is indeed what we are talking about. We're, we're talking about a position that someone holds and certain responsibilities that are given to them in that position. And so um, some hold the office of president. And the person who holds the office of president in this nation, here I'm referring to our president, the presidential office of the United States of America, has certain responsibilities to fulfill, right? On behalf of the nation, some hold the office of governor, and there certain responsibilities fall upon that person. Some hold the office of elder within the church, and elders have certain responsibilities to fulfill. And here what we are considering is that the same was true of, of the Messiah. The same was true of the Redeemer of God's elect. Uh, Jesus Christ um, had certain offices to fulfill, had certain obligations to keep as it pertained to the Lord's will for Him and His responsibilities for the people that He came to redeem. And I think it is very helpful for us to see that He executed not just one office, uh, but, but many offices. He executed the offices of a prophet, priest, and king, our catechism says. Where do these terms come from, by the way, prophet, priest, and king? Of course, there are kings in a general sense, but uh, where do these specific terms come from? I, I hope you can see that they actually emerge from the Old Testament scriptures and from the work that God did amongst um, uh, the Old Covenant people of, of God. Uh, in the Old Testament and amongst the Old Covenant people of God, there were prophets, there were priests, there were kings, many of them, many kings, many priests, many prophets. What did prophets do, uh, brothers and sisters, under the Old Covenant? What was their primary responsibility to the people of God? What function did they fulfill on behalf of God and before the people? What did prophets do? They delivered the word of God to the people. Thus says the Lord was their message. This is what the Lord says to you. They would speak on behalf of God. Sometimes they would receive uh, visions. Uh, they would see dreams and they would deliver them to the people. Other times they would simply preach to the people, uh, making application from the Pentateuch, you see. I mean, you know some of the prophets. You, you know their names. I think of Isaiah. I think of uh, Elijah and, and Elisha as being famous prophets. You probably think of names like Ezekiel. These were prophets under the Old Covenant who spoke on behalf of the Lord to the people. Did you know that we are to consider Moses a prophet as well? But here I want you to see that all of these prophets of old anticipated the great prophet and his arrival. They anticipated him. In fact, Moses himself said to the people of Israel, you know, afterwards, God is going to raise up someone from amongst you, one of your one of your kinsmen, he's going to raise up someone like me. Listen to him. Who do you think Moses was speaking of in those days? He was speaking of the eventual arrival of the Christ, the Messiah, who would come from Israel. Jesus the Christ was the Messiah, and he functioned as God's prophet. In fact, he is the prophet of God 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, if that does not communicate Christ's role as a prophet, I don't know what, uh, what does. God spoke His Word through the prophets of old, but in the arrival of the Christ, we had the Word of God manifest, the Word of God with us. By the way, this is why there are no more prophets in the world today. Because the prophet has come. The final word has been spoken. There's nothing more to be said. It all has been fulfilled in Christ. And what do we await now except His second coming? So, He executes the office of a prophet. He also executes the office of a priest. Uh, There were many priests under the Old Covenant. Uh, We are to think of the Levitical priesthood. We are to think of Aaron and those associated with him who worked in the temple to offer up sacrifices to God. What was the function of a priest? What did they do? Well, I've already said it. They offered up sacrifices to God. But for what purpose? For what purpose? It was so that the people of God might come into the presence of God through their mediation, through their service. Uh, There in the Old Covenant temple, people would receive a kind of cleansing, earthly speaking, so that they might come into the presence of, of God Almighty in a mediated way. And we do know that Christ is our great high priest. He is not in the line of Levi or Aaron. Who is he in the line of? According to the book of Hebrews, he comes from the line of a priest who preceded them, namely Melchizedek. Christ is our great high priest. He has offered up a sacrifice for us. Not a bull or a goat, but the sacrifice of Himself. And as He did, the veil in the curtain, the, the veil in the temple, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. He is the mediator between God and man. He has actually atoned for sins. Behold the Lamb of God who, sin, who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't that marvelous to consider that Christ was a priest and the sacrifice that he offered up was in fact himself. It is marvelous to consider and by this sacrifice he was able to actually bring us into the presence of God and to reconcile us. Christ, uh, the, the Messiah, also fulfilled as our Redeemer the office of a king. There were many kings in Old Covenant Israel, some of them good, many of them very bad. David, the greatest of these, of course, David is the one who is speaking in Psalm 2, and he is speaking of uh, this coming king. Uh, What were kings to do in Old Covenant Israel? And in general, I suppose we may say. What were kings to do? Well, they were to conquer enemies. Yes, they were to protect the people. They were to, in fact, uh, subdue the people themselves in a a righteous and just way by upholding justice amongst the people. Uh, The kings had this function to, to lead the people, to to protect the people, to even rule over them as head. And indeed we see that Christ is the great King of of God's people. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So when we read the Old Testament scriptures, I I think you have learned this over the years, to see that the, the Old Testament scriptures all point forward to Jesus. In one way or another, they anticipate the coming of the Messiah. The name of this church really is meant to communicate that, for it was on the road to Emmaus and in Emmaus and later in Jerusalem that Christ taught His disciples that all the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are fulfilled in Him. Um, 
So the scriptures do this in, in many ways, sometimes through direct prophecies, which say, hey, this is going to happen in the future. Uh, the virgin is going to be with child. You know, it's a direct prophecy. Sometimes the Old Testament scriptures anticipate the coming of the Messiah through historical events. God redeemed Israel from Exodus and led them through the waters of the Red Sea and out into the wilderness. And all of that is kind of, kind of a picture of the redemption that Christ would work for for us, you see, uh, other events come to mind also. The way that Moses uh, struck the rock for the people of Israel in the wilderness and water came out, the New Testament says to us, the rock was Christ, you know. So Christ is typified here, but here I am want, wanting you to see that there is a sense in which all of the prophets of old, all of the priests of old, all of the kings of old did anticipate the arrival of the Messiah who would be our great prophet, priest, and king, who would represent God and serve God and serve the people of God in the most true and awesome and full and final way. We are to look to Him. He is our prophet, priest, and king. May I read to you um, London Baptist Confession, chapter 8, paragraphs 9 through 10, as a way of concluding this uh, short sermon here. I love what it says. Uh, This is about Christ the Mediator. This is about Christ uh, the Messiah. Uh, We learn about uh, who Christ is in chapter 8 of our confession. But in paragraph 9 we read, This office of mediator between God and man is proper only to Christ, so there is no other, not the Pope of Rome or any other person, is a mediator between God and man, who is the prophet, priest, and king of the church of God, and may not be either in whole or in any part thereof transferred from him to any other. So he is the prophet, priest, and king, and we have no need of any other prophet, priest, or king. He, he, is, he, he is this for us, and we need no other. Paragraph 10, this number and order of offices is necessary. In other words, we needed a Messiah like this. We needed a Redeemer like this who would fulfill these offices. For in respect of our ignorance, we stand in need of His prophetical office. This is not meant to be an insult. The word ignorance here is not meant to be an insult. But rather, what is said here is because of, of the blindness of, of, our, of our minds and hearts, and because of the ignorance that we possess, we stand in need of His prophetical office. We need someone to speak the Word of God to us, to reveal the Father to us. And I continue... And in respect of our alienation from God and imperfection of the best of our services, we need His priestly office to reconcile us and present us acceptable unto God. So we have this need because of our sin and our alienation from God. We, We need a mediator who is able to bring us near to God, to reconcile us to Him. And then I continue. And in respect to our averseness and utter inability to return to God and for our rescue and security from our spiritual adversaries, we need His kingly office to convince Subdue, draw, uphold, deliver, and preserve us to His heavenly kingdom. A wonderful statement here. You need Christ as King. You needed Him as a King from the beginning because the first thing that He did for you was to subdue you. He conquered you. Did He not? He conquered your heart. He conquered your mind. He moved you as the great King of God's people to bow the knee before Him and to say the words through the waters of baptism, Jesus is Lord. He is King. And in this way we were brought in to God's heavenly kingdom and it is by 
Christ's service that we will be upheld and delivered and preserved in this heavenly kingdom until he returns. Thanks be to God. Amen. We have rich teaching ahead of us. Uh, the following questions in our catechism will uh, elaborate upon Christ as our great prophet, priest, and king. Let us bow together for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you for Christ. We thank you for what the Word says concerning Him. The New Testament Scriptures tell us so much, but also we thank you that we are able to see Him in the Old. And as we consider Him in the Old, we are able to gain a better appreciation for all that He has done for us. We thank you for Christ, our prophet, priest, and king. May we live in submission to Him more and more. May we listen to His words. May we run to you through Him. May we bow the knee before Him as Lord. It's in His name that we pray and all of God's people say, Amen.